0: You found your home for real sports talk, for real sports fans, 1700 KBGG.
1: Hey everybody, good afternoon to you as we say hello, Jim and Trent as we roll from now until 6 o'clock right here on the Big Talker 1700 and, of course, you can always get in on the Sports Conversation at 264-1700. Again, that phone number is 264-1700. Great show today. Uh, Tom Caker will join us uh, coming up at about 4.20-ish. Uh, uh, Tom from Hawkeye Report will get in, to what everybody witnessed on Saturday night at Kinnick Stadium. 515, uh, Zuba Mahente ESPN will be our guest. And then at 535, Wolfgang is on the show. Trent, how are you? pal.
2: Oh, hanging in there Jimmy B. a weekend of ups and downs for uh, the squads that I follow, but oh uh, what a performance and what a
1: game over at Kinnick Stadium Saturday night. I can tell you, look, I it was it was difficult to deal with because there were so many three and outs particularly in the first half, but Trent uh, Penn State rolls up 600 yards, but the defense of Iowa does not give in to all those touchdowns. And watching Saquon Barkley run is just absolutely amazing. Look, I was at the refreshment stand. You were at Kinnick. Is Barkley better in person than he even is on TV to you?
2: I've been to a lot of football games, Jim, as you know. Uh, I don't go to the bars like you do for the games. I I like to go and actually (laughs) be a part of the action. And... I've seen a lot of games at Kinnick Stadium. I cannot think of another player even close to what Saquon Barkley was Saturday night. Christian McCaffrey was great in person. Saquon Barkley put him to shame. The size, the physicality, just the ability to get away from things. I've never seen a guy like that in Kinnick Stadium. I've never seen that in the games of football that I have seen. He was amazing, Jim. In person to see that guy. He's 230 pounds. He doesn't Mm -hmm. look like he weighs 230 pounds, does he? You don't don't (laughs) look at that guy, you don't think he, but he's 230 pounds. Yeah. He weighed 190 pounds when he got to campus. He's put 40 pounds of muscle on, hasn't lasted a step during that 40 pounds of weight gain that he has had. He is the best football player I've seen in going to games for nearly 30 years now at Kinnick
1: Stadium. He is that good. Wow. I, I can tell you all that, all that I could imagine just watching it on the big screen. And I was just awed by what he could do. Whether if he was just running with the football, catching the football, and then taking off or hurtling a defender. Uh, it's It's amazing how he just dominated the game. Trent, I talked about it all last week where I really thought that the key for Iowa was to stop him. They couldn't stop him, and even though McSorley made the big throw on fourth down at the end, the reason Penn State won that game was because of Barkley.
2: Well, here's here's where you're wrong, Jim, because I told you last week that Saquon Barkley was going to get his, and he did and more. It was Trace McSorley making plays late that won that football game. Even with the exploits of Saquon Barkley, it took McSorley bringing them down the field to win that football game, and, and that's what mm-hmm. I figured was going to happen. That Barkley, he was going to make plays, and he did all throughout the night. It yes. was McSorley late, though, that won that football game for him. Because even with Barkley, they were in position to win the football game and were one stop away from winning it, even with the ridiculous nature of Barkley. So,
1: Jimmy B., you're actually wrong. <laughs> I'm never wrong. No. And, without Bar- and without Barkley's performance, they would not have been in the game. I don't think they could have mustered up another running back. And they and they did know that they, they, could, they could do what Barkley did. And, and also uh, because McSorley was not having a very good game. He was dynamite on the final drive. You're absolutely correct. But he was not having one of those games like, say, what he had uh, last year in the Rose Bowl against USC. It wasn't anything like that. So I'll, I'll give it to you what McSorley did down the stretch absolutely but i think it was Barkley's show and that was the main reason why penn state was at least in position to win the game let me jump let me let me ask you then something else the offense of iowa it sputtered terribly at times mm-hmm. was that a nerve issue was it a Penn State's just sending the entire kitchen sink on almost every play and Iowa never adjusted to it? Or was it a case where they just missed on plays? No, I, I don't think it was nerves.
2: I, I don't see that being the case. I mean, there were a couple of overthrows. There, there, there were some you know, drop passes, things like that. I really wouldn't put it in the nerves category. I put okay. it all – that defense was a lot better than we anticipated for Penn State. And you know, okay. they really made it difficult. The interior of the offensive line for Iowa – they really struggled. And, you know, you could talk about the game plan and some things that, you know, maybe Brian Ference could have done differently, especially right. in the first half of the game.
1: Especially in the end zone. Well, it, <laughs> and,
2: and that's the thing. I mean, people want to point to that play. They weren't getting anything at that point. And, and I understand right. exactly what he's doing. It's easy to do it revision history. That was happening in the end zone where I was sitting. And I knew exactly what happened. It was just Penn State. The kid, the Miller play, kid came up. He made a play. You know, it, yep. it, it's Iowa didn't execute it. You understand exactly what they're doing. If that outside guy, if he crashes in because Welsh, he crashed inside at the right tackle position, that's how the play is designed. It didn't work out, and I understand. Under Here's the thing to me, Jim. You can look at Brian Ferentz and, and get on his play calling. I don't think this is a Brian Ferentz this year. I, I, you could have had the best play caller with what Iowa had and I don't think they could have done anything in the first half against the way Penn State was playing. They were lined okay. up. They had a great game plan. I don't, ma- I don't think it matters who was making the play calls there. Iowa wasn't the move of the football in the first half. And they came out in the second half. They made some adjustments. They got Wadley mm-hmm. on the pass to, to get the scoring started there in the fourth quarter. They got him out in space. They found him in a blitz, and they got him one-on-one to go make a play. The, the draw play, uh, Ross Reynolds made the play of his career on that block as he sealed it for the touchdown that gave Iowa the lead. Now, I, th- I think that Brian Ferentz, to come down on him and his play calling, I don't think it really mattered. They were just going up against a team that had a game plan, they executed incredibly well in the first half, and it didn't matter what Iowa did. With what they have on the offensive side, it just didn't matter. The interior got abused, especially in the first half of the offensive line.
1: Okay, fair enough with with that assessment. Okay, take me then to where you were seated mm-hmm. in the stands, okay, and on that final drive, what was like the conversation? Because then I'll relate to you what it was like then at the refreshment stand where I was and everybody was hammered. but where you are in the stands, and was it coming your way? Was the touchdown coming your way? Yeah, so throughout the game, everything was going the opposite
2: way. I'm Basically the whole game. Right. So I'm in the north end zone. Got tickets. Okay. Uh, big thank you yep. to Dave and Bravo Sports Marketing. If you're looking for great tickets, he hooked me up. We're in the fr- first row. So we're in the Perfect. first row. We are right there. They're coming right at us. We're going to see it all unfold. For the first time, basically all game long, action was actually coming to the north end zone. So we're sitting there in the front row, and all of a sudden, as the drive's happening, people start kind of piling their way down. So we're getting pushed forward, and there's you know, about a three-foot barrier in between where the seats are, and then when you get out there towards the field... We're standing up, and then people are starting to line up behind us. So we're kind of getting pushed forward. A bunch of kids are trying to mm-hmm. jump in front of it. No, no, no. We we got first row seats here. Get behind me, kid. Hey, I, <laughs> these are my yeah. seats. Get behind me. But uh, so it's happening, and it's unfolding, and it's happening, and you know, so many close calls, and just about getting to McSorley, and he makes a play and gets it out to Barkley, and, and the tackle. So fourth fourth down happens, and as they're lining up. You just have this anticipation, and the people building behind you. Everybody's getting ready to rush out there on the field. I'm talking to my wife. I'm telling her, "All right." She was a little nervous; she was going to get trampled. So I said, "All right, mm-hmm. here, here's the game plan for you." You know, I gave her kind of a, a line that might work to to keep her from getting trampled. She was nervous about that, <laughs> as, as you can imagine. Yes. I, we're, well, we're, yeah. we're talking about where we're going to meet. You know, on the field, where if we get separated, we're, we have all this hammered out as they're moving their way down the field. And now fourth down as the play is unfolding, and I could still envision it, almost like it, would, it happened in slow motion. So as the snap happens, you know, kind of a, a collective gasp, and, and the crowd, it was incredible, Jimmy B. Uh, say what you will about the tickets that weren't sold. I don't give a crap. I've been in Kinnick for over 100 football games. That environment was as good as you're going to find it was great. from start yep. to finish. It was loud. Mm-hmm. It was as loud as I can remember Kinnick Stadium. It was a great environment. And as it's raining down and you're hearing the crowd and then the snap happens and kind of the whisper, and I see Amari Hooker go up, and I I have a perfect line of vision. It's right in front of me happening, and I see him go up. And as he's going up and in the air, and he has the two hands up there. Hands up, yep. If he goes up, Jimmy B., neither of us have dunked before on a 10-foot hoop, right? Uh, no, I've gotten close. I can do a tennis
1: ball, but that's it. I cannot do a basketball.
2: No, no, you, you can't. But, but we've dunked on eight-foot hoops right back in the day, of course. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. That.
1: yeah. And when
2: yeah. you first dunk, you go up yeah. with one hand because you can get yes. higher when you go up with one. If Amari Hooker goes up with one hand instead of two there, he deflects that football away, and we're having a completely different conversation today. It was that close. And people say, two inches. I was right there. It wasn't even to it. I mean, it, it was less than that. He was so incredibly close. And initially, it that split second where you think he had it, but then that goes away. And then I hear the sound, and it's the sound of the football hitting the gloves of the receiver, Jawan Johnson, four wow. point stated. Wow, you can hear that wow. that thud. You you know the yes. sound that I'm talking about. Yes, just uh-huh. that that thud, and then everything drains out, and and. You're looking around and you're just, I, you're you're stuck there. You're so you have all these ideas running through your head and you're you're thinking <laughs> forward about what this can be and what's going to be next for for this football team and all these different things running through your mind, and like that, it's over. I, I had. A perfect vantage point for it. And then the Penn State guys come over and they're hollering at the crowd and the water bottles are raining down as you can anticipate would happen in a spot like that. But what a football game, Jimmy B. And and you said you know, they gave up almost 600 yards of total offense in that football game. And I thought the defense played well. That shows you what Saquon Barkley is because that guy is a man. The play where he jumps over Joshua Jackson. Yes, The, the hurdle, yes. Hooker hits him. While he's in the air. Hits him while he's in the air. He lands on his feet and keeps going for a first Yeah, You don't see football players do things like that. It's over. Hand him the Heisman Trophy right now. There's not a better player in college football. There's not a better football player that I was going to see the rest of the year. I don't think there's a better football player they're going to see for the next five years. The guy was absolutely incredible, Jimmy B. The environment was great. Yeah, it's disappointing, Mm -hmm. but as we're sitting there and people start to pile up and and we're sitting and talking to some different people, what a football game, Jimmy B. And those are the moments, even in a loss. There's been walk-off losses before. Bobby Yala back in 1990, he has a a certain nickname from the Hawkeye fan base of Ohio State. Uh, A few years back, they lost on a last-second kick to Purdue. This was different because you're walking out of there, you're disappointed that the Hawkeyes lost, but, boy, they, they showed so much effort, so much heart, And as a fan, and that's what I am, I I am a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I grew up in this state. That will never be taken away. Regardless of what I do on the radio, I am still Mm -hmm. a fan. And I try to look at things with perspective, and I try to do that for the listeners each and every day. But as a fan walking out of there, it's heartbreaking in a way, but you're still, as an Iowan, as a Hawkeye fan, you're pleased because you know those kids— Gave the effort; those kids laid it all out on the line, and they were inches away from beating one of the best teams in the country. That's incredible in its own right.
1: You know, it's uh, it was amazing to me watching the game, and where I was, and the place is packed, and everybody is screaming at the TV. It was even they had the sound up; it was even hard to hear the sound that uh, that they had. But in the environment you had the feeling Trent that you were kind of like at the game and it's one of those one of those things that doesn't happen very often but in in that case on saturday night it did and the entire uh, amount of people that were there and i mean people were standing everywhere there was no place to move and it was as we always talk about sports being the greatest reality show And it proved to be that on Saturday night. They went from lows when Penn State scored to the highest highs when Iowa scored. Back to lows. And then the highest high was when Iowa scored what I think a lot of people thought was that winning touchdown with Mm -hmm. Wadley. Okay. And then realizing that there was still a minute 40 left to go in the game. And when the drive started to take place... People, well, I can't say what they were saying on radio, but they were, like, screaming at the TV. Screaming at, you would have thought that they were in the stands. And then when they were down to, uh, what, it was first down, and are they inside the 10? Inside the 10, right there at Mm -hmm. first down? And first play doesn't work. And the place explodes. Second play doesn't work. Place goes nuts again. Third play. Now, I'm fourth down. Game on the line. It's like so quiet, you could have dropped like car keys on the floor and you would have heard them. Yeah. Nobody was saying anything. Everybody was just glued to the TV. And then when the touchdown did indeed take place for the victory, it was one of those things where, well, I can't go into it because you can't say those words on radio, Trent. But, but that's the way that it that it was, and it was. Uh, uh, you, you know, you, you talk about we, and and you and I love sports, always have, and we talk about it how great it is to be involved in something. You had it from the perspective of being in the stadium. I had it from the perspective from being at a refreshment stand that. They couldn't have squeezed another body into, and, and, and both environments were absolutely unbelievable throughout the entire course of that game. Oh, by the way, I want you to know this, too. Where I was when they got to the end of the first quarter, people in the bar were waving at Children's Hospital. Hmm. Very I cool. thought that was pretty cool. It, it I was... thought that was very cool.
2: It was a great, great environment, and under the, under the lights, it was even better, Jimmy B. It really was. It, yeah. it was yeah. great to see, and a great new tradition started over at the University of Iowa. Well, with that, we'll take our first time out here of the program. We'll continue talking about this game on the other side. Tom Kaker from HawkeyeReport.com. He'll be our first guest. We'll talk with him coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Zuba Mahente will be here, and Wolfgang as well to close things out. Jimmy B and TC back with more here in a moment on the Big Talker 1700.
0: 1700 KBGG brings you Westwood One coverage of the NFL all season long through the Super Bowl.
5: Sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings has made watching sports even better. Now great plays can lead to great benefits for you. So come in to see what and how you can win at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports.
4: I'm Dr. Sean Murphy. ABC
2: Tonight. He's an extraordinary young man. He has genius level skills.
0: Meet the doctor whose greatest challenge. Yes, he has autism. Is his greatest strength.
2: He sees things in ways that we can't even begin to understand.
0: From the creator of House.
2: He's breathing. He saved his life.
0: The Good Doctor premieres after Dancing with the Stars. Don't miss it tonight at 9, followed by Local 5 News at 10. Then tomorrow, wake up with Good Morning Iowa's Elias Johnson and
2: Sabrina Ahmed. Every morning on Local 5, Sabrina and I share the stories that are important to Iowans.
5: And being from Iowa, Elias and I know what impacts you. We went to school here,
2: our families are growing up here, and
5: we're proud to call Iowa home.
2: We invite you to wake up to Local 5's Good Morning
5: Iowa. Weekdays at 5, because we, we are, are Iowa. Iowa. Do you have building projects to be done around the house? My husband and I are going through quite the home renovation. We realized we are always borrowing a trailer from a friend for hauling furniture, picking up building supplies, and trips to the dump, if it was available. We found LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell. Josh showed us all the options LaCasey Trailer Sales had in stock. Cargo, utility, and equipment are just a few. Josh helped us decide which trailer worked best for our needs. LaCasey Trailer Sales in Grinnell had exactly what we were looking for, and affordable pricing. Visit LaCasey Trailer Sales and Truck Accessories or call 641-990-2674.
6: I'm glad we went with LeCasi. Casey, and you will be too.
2: Hey, it's Trent Condon here from Jimmy B and TC. If you've been talking and thinking about improving your health, I have an idea for you. Do what I did.
1: Draft House Fifty has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at ten a.m., it's brunch, which includes a
2: terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House Fifty—a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House Fifty, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines.
0: Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy V and TC. Here's Jim and Trent.
1: Welcome back in, everybody. We roll all the way till six o'clock. Uh, Zubmahenta Mahenta ESPN will be our guest coming up roughly at about five fifteen. Right now, Tom Cakert, Hawkeye Report joins us. He's on the Draft House fifty, Hotline Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Tommy, how are you, pal? Doing well. Um Trent and I opened the show discussing what we both witnessed in the game Saturday night from your vantage point. Uh, where would you rank that game and the excitement factor that took place in that game? You've been to a lot of games at Kinnick.
3: Oh, uh, boy. You know, you always have the recency bias to it. I mean, I tough to top last year against Michigan, but this game was pretty cool. I think, it, you know, it just... Lended itself to be a little bit louder and a little bit more boisterous just because the weather was nice. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful night. I mean, it was 85 degrees at kickoff. How many times has that been for a night game in late September? And the fans were into it. Um, you know, Iowa kept it close. I think it wasn't, it got even more interesting because they, Iowa scored at the end of the half and took the lead. Um, Boy, that was it was just back and forth, and um, you know, it's just it's crazy to think Iowa gave up just twenty twenty yards less than they did last year when they gave up five ninety nine. Penn State ran ninety nine plays, and if you would tell me those two numbers alone, I would have told you Iowa probably got beat by thirty again. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. It was close. It was it was right there, and they almost pulled it off. They almost. Uh, Uh, did a Houdini act and pulled off what uh, I think most of us thought was nearly impossible.
2: Well, uh, Tom, it it came down to the final play of the game, and it was uh, just a a great throw by McSorley. Hooker was right there. I told you I was in the north end zone. I stood right there. And, uh, well, it it was as close as you're going to get on that final play of the game when you look back on it from your vantage point, just your thoughts on that one and just that final drive, so many close calls, what-ifs for the Hawkeyes.
3: Yeah, it was, it was extraordinarily close. And, you know, my immediate thought was uh, after I was scored so quickly, I had just gotten down to the field, and, and my immediate thought was, darn it, they scored too quick. <laughs> <laughs> that was- that was my, and I'm sure you felt the same way, Trent. I'm sure you said the same thing to somebody sitting next to you, that when they scored way too quick, they gave him 142. That's pretty dangerous, especially with the way Barkley was going. And he knew, right. uh, you know, McSorley would probably uh, catch fire at some point and complete a couple passes down the field. And sure enough, they got right down there. And here's the funny thing. If Anthony Nelson doesn't, doesn't knock down that third down pass, mm-hmm. Penn State probably the clock probably runs out on him.
2: Didn't I mean, even I think of felt, that. Yeah, I, yeah. I
3: mean, you look at that. Uh, yeah, I was. Re- I, I hadn't watched the the TV version of the game uh, until this morning. And I watched that and I am like, holy cow! If that just goes through, I think it was to Hamilton, and if it goes to him and Iowa had three guys closing in on him, there's no way he was getting in the end zone. He's probably tackled at the you know three yard line or so, and you know, there's no time for them to get another playoff. There's, and they don't have any more timeouts. So right. the game would have been over if Anthony Nelson doesn't do what he was supposed to do, which was knock the ball down. So,
1: Tom, and then on yeah, that last ahead,
3: play, um, you know, Miles Taylor got juked and guy got wide open and tossed it just over the fingertips of a hooker. And that was a ball game.
1: Take me to where you think they might be and how this might impact them. I, look, I know they're 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old maybe. Uh, generally, after a game like that, you feel pretty bad. But by about Sunday late afternoon, if you're, you're out with a girlfriend, you're probably feeling uh, much better. So will this have any residual impact on the upcoming road game at Michigan State or in your estimation it won't at all
3: um probably have a better idea tomorrow when you talk to the players and kind of look them in the eye and see how they're they're doing but I you know two schools of thought on that one I go back to kind of that uh that war against Michigan State in 2015 at at Lucas Oil Stadium and I just you know, looking back at it now, I, you know, after after the Rose Bowl game, you could just see that team was never the same. They kind of just, you know, for lack of a better term, died on the field that day. That team just left it right there, and you looked at those guys after that game, and you could tell they just they gave every ounce that they had, and there was nothing left. And uh, then they, you know, didn't play well in the Rose Bowl. But I, I've seen them, you know. Bounce back from tough defeats in other situations. You go back and look at last year when, uh, that was as bad as a Ference team looked last year at Penn State and they come back the next week at home against Michigan and play, uh, play the game of the season, uh, against the Wolverines and win that game. I, I think they kind of circle the wagons when they're on the road and they, they really like kind of that mentality of just they're together and, uh, they're on the road and, and they kind of bond that way. And I think they'll bounce back. I think they came away probably feeling like, you know what, we can hang with anybody. I, 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 I don't know how you guys feel. I kind of think Penn, Penn State's probably the best team in the Big Ten this year based mm-hmm. on what I've seen so far this year. And I don't know that it's even really that close. Uh, I, I think they're that good. And the fact that they went toe to toe with them for, you know, for lack of a, a better, uh, kind of, uh, you know, Metaphor, if you will, but they went 12 rounds with them, and they were standing in the ring with them at the end of the 12th round. And um, I, you know, I think you come away feeling like maybe this. I, I came away feeling like this Iowa team is better than I thought it was.
2: I'm kind of in the same boat as you, and even, you know, it's crazy to say after giving up almost 600 yards with that defense, the way they dug in, Josie Jewell had been slowed a little bit, Tom, by, you know, an ankle injury that he sustained at Iowa State, it looked like he had struggled a little bit even before that, but, you know, you couple all these things, Tom, and you put it together, this defense, I think, still has a lot of upside to it, and, and Brandon Snyder, he might be on his way back. It still might be another you know month before he's ready for game action, but even after giving up almost 600 yards, it feels like this defense has a chance to be pretty good. They're not going to see anybody else like Saquon Barkley.
3: Yeah, and I think they got their pass rush going a little bit more mm-hmm. um, for the first time in a while and got some pressure in the pocket, and you saw them knock down some passes like we've been hearing about them doing in practice settings and fall camp, so uh and part of that could be um, McSorley's not that big; he's you know right. probably just to touch over six foot and um you know so they they do have that ability against uh you know guys that aren't six five and two forty like you know Josh Allen earlier this year, guys who can just kind of throw it over them, but I thought they did a terrific job. I thought the pursuit was much better. Josie was just incredible, I mean. You know, and, and Barkley made him uh, juke him, out and did a jump cut on him one time, and, and got him. But for the most part, Josie has made plays. He was he was terrific. I was happy that he got Co Defensive Player of the Week. I know they usually give it to winning teams, but boy, the, what else could he have done? I mean, he he did all but sell popcorn on Saturday. I mean, he you know he picked off a pass, he recovered a fumble, he had 16 tackles, three for loss. I mean, what else could that kid do?
1: Tom, I went to your uh, website, and there were dopes on there. I'm sorry, Jim. Why did you do that? And there were dopes on there bashing Brian Ferentz, uh, thought he was an ignoramus, called a lousy game. Uh, look, you, you, you have those idiots out there all the time. Every, every fan base has them. Where are you on the Brian Ferentz question as how he is progressing as an offensive coordinator? Well, I think
3: part of it, especially in the first half, was Iowa just had really bad field position. And just really bad field position almost the entire, specifically the first quarter. I mean, you look at it, they ran one play in the entire first half on Penn State's side of the field, and that was a touchdown pass after the interception to Nick Easley. That was it. And every other time, they were around the 10, uh, you know, the one play and the safety. I mean, they're on the goal line, basically. Uh, They just didn't have the kind of field position that I think they would hope for uh, to be able to, you know, it kind of limits what you can do and and what you will do offensively. And, yeah, he was probably a little conservative, but Penn State was just run blitzing all the time off the edge. And and, uh, they just, they were hitting on them. And Akram, uh, I remember Akram at one point had 10 carries and zero yards. I'll guarantee that doesn't happen again this year. And they just, they had Iowa bottled up, but to their credit, uh, they kept finding, finding. and that's one thing Iowa will do offensively, and Brian's talked about that. You know, it might not hit right away. They might struggle a little bit with the run game, but they know they're going to pop something eventually. And, of course, they did pop one on the the last uh, play that they had offensively where, Wadley got free, and off he went to the races.
2: So Wadley out in space, he, he was incredible, as good as Barkley was. Uh, Wadley had his own kind of performance, but uh, he's been handling the ball an awful lot. Now you got Michigan State on deck. You know this is going to be a physical game. I said it already today, Tom. It just it's sixteen thirteen. It's going to be sixteen thirteen one way or the other. Just pick if you want Michigan State or Iowa, What do you make your pick this week? Uh, but after that one, there is the Illinois game and then a bye week. You know how important is it for them to realize that Wadley he doesn't weigh two thirty like Saquon Barkley. They got to kind of be a little bit more more judicious about the way that they use him in terms of touches. Yeah,
3: I think Saturday was fine for him because. Remember, Iowa only had the ball for 20 minutes and 23 (laughs) seconds in that game. I mean, there was just – it wasn't like last week where it was a lopsided where Iowa had the ball for 40 minutes. It was the other way around. So the number of snaps he had and, you know, it wasn't like they were coming, you know, getting three and outs and then coming back out again. There was plenty of time for rest, and I don't think he got overworked or too many touches. I, I think it was it was about right. Um Ivory Kelly Martin got in there for a couple snaps, and I think that reveals where they where the pecking order at running back is right now. I think I think Ivory Kelly Martin until Butler's back is number two back for Iowa, and I, I suspect he's going to get more work this week. And you're right, it's going to be sixteen thirteen. It's just going to be another trench warfare, uh Antonio versus Barron's hard hitting, ugly, boring kind of game. Uh, that's decided by probably a, a turnover by one of the two teams. And that's, that's just how, that's how everyone, you know, I was looking back at all those Iowa Michigan state games and it's just like that every time. It's, I, I don't know how many 16, 13 games they played, but I think it's three or four of them, uh, you know, in the last 10 years.
1: Uh, Tom, uh, following the game, was there much made about uh, injuries? Have you had a chance to assess how Iowa came out of that game uh, health wise?
3: I I think they came out okay. And that's, uh, you know, the first time this year where we haven't seen kind of bold changes to two deeps and different things going on there. I I think they came out, you know, pretty clean on that. I'm sure the defensive guys probably took the day off yesterday uh, because. (laughs) <laughs> uh, they had to work a lot and and uh they were out on the field a ton but um otherwise i think i think they're ready to, they'll be ready to go and um it just uh you know I, boy what do you guys think of barkley i just have to ask you okay. guys. I, that's probably the best, he's the best running back i've seen in person and that's no disrespect to christian mccaffrey or tavian mm-hmm. banks or any of these guys that i've seen over the years i mean he was just uh uh, that's the Heisman Trophy winner in my book.
1: Yeah, he's a man amongst yeah, man amongst boys, right, Trent? Yeah, I, I I said it earlier, Tom.
2: I've been going to games for almost 30 years now. I've never seen anybody like that in Kinnick Stadium. I, I have not seen a performance like that. And the incredible thing is, he's 230 pounds. He doesn't look 230. I mean, he just—he's so well put together, and, and I still go back to that play in the fourth quarter, him leaping over Joshua Jackson, which is ridiculous in its own right. He gets by hit by Hooker, who pretty good safety already early in his career and can lay the wood a little bit, and he just keeps going right afterwards. I, there, there's not a player that I've ever seen that can do things that he was doing Saturday night.
3: Or well, that one uh, play where he may have been down on his knees at mm-hmm. that 44-yard run. I mean that that to be able to stop on a dime right next to the uh, uh sideline and cut it back and uh, you know make josie jewel miss you and and keep going it's just uh he was otherworldly i mean that was that's a special back and to catch as many passes as he did and show the versatility he has and he's he is a really special football player, and I'll be glad to see him go to the NFL uh, after this year.
2: <laughs> that, that will be nice. That will be uh, very nice. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com with us on the Draft House 50 hotline. Tom, last thing for me, I'll let Jim finish up with you here. Uh, A.J. Epinesa and Anthony Nelson. Epinesa kind of released out there playing a lot more and after being injured against North Texas, and I heard some concerns from Iowa City last week about that rib injury. Boy, uh, Anthony Nelson I think played the best game of his career.
3: Yeah, he absolutely did. He got the two sacks early in the game, and uh, blocked a field goal. He played really, really well. Uh, his motor was running, and Epinesa got in there and and, and made plays. I mean, that's just what he, he's He's going to be special, and you know, I jokingly said, enjoy the three years you have of AJ Epinesa. Yeah. <laughs> because he's, he's that good and he's going to be getting even better and better and better and got that high motor. Um, yeah, they're, if they can get both those guys going off the edge, that's going to do a whole lot for uh, their, uh, pass rush.
1: Uh, Tom, I'll let you run then on this one. The moment in that game for Nate Stanley was the moment too big because both Trent and I didn't think so. There was a lot of talk about that. Uh I just thought that Penn State's defense was so good that they struggled with, with everything they tried to do.
3: Yeah, I didn't think so. I thought he got maybe hurt by some of the the drops. I mean, yeah, they, the throws may have been high, or uh, you know, there was one to easily that was a little high. But and he should be able to jump up and catch that. And I think those guys would tell you that. Uh, you know, there was a another throw early in the game to Noah Fant down the middle, and uh, it was a blitz, and and Fant should have realized that it was a hot read, and he had to start looking right away. and but there, there were probably three or four drops that you know kind of changed his day a little bit. I, still, I thought he was solid and on that last drive when Iowa needed points uh, to get going, and there's 242 left in the game. He drove him right down in one minute and made the plays to get him down there and get in the end zone.
1: All right, Tommy, thank you, pal. Great having you on on a, t- on a Monday. It's Tom Kaker at Hawkeye Report. Have a good uh, good day, Tom. Okay, thanks for having me on, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Tom. You got it. Tom Cakert on the draft house fifty, Hotline Mills, Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. It's always good when Tom comes on. We always appreciate uh his thoughts uh on the Hawks. Uh we have Zub Mahente coming up in the five o'clock hour, but a quick time out right now when we come back. Uh the phone lines will be open. Love to hear what uh what Hawk fans have to say about uh, where they were, where they watched it, if you were there or not. Uh, just to kind of uh, hear from fans that were really into the game. And you can call us at 264-1700. That's 264-1700. Trent and I will be right back.
0: First Light with Evan Henning every weekday from 8 to 9 a.m. on the Big Talker, 1700 KBGG.
2: Trust, quality, value. Just some of the words that have been used by Wolf Construction Roofing customers to describe their experience. Wolf Construction Roofing works on residential and commercial roofing, including single-family and multi-family homes, tear-offs, specialty roofing, and gutters. Wolf Construction has grown into a roofing machine that installs and re-roofs nearly 2 million square feet of roofing each year. Wolf Construction has been given the Super Service Award from Angie's List and is accredited with the Better Business Bureau. Call them today for your free Estimate Wolf Construction Roofing 515 216 3643. That's 515 216 3643. And online
5: wolfconstruction.net. Sponsored by Account Temps. Do you need accounting and finance professionals for long term or reoccurring projects? If so, Account Temps salaried professional service may be the right solution. Visit AccountTemps.com. Account Temps, a Robert Half Company. Jim Gray from Westwood One here with a Monday Night Football Preview. Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner are set to call the action as Larry Fitzgerald and the Arizona Cardinals host Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. Both teams now sit at 1-1 one and one with Dallas losing last week and the Cardinals winning in overtime. Arizona coach Bruce Arians admits their win was not pretty.
6: The win's a win. We never say we're sorry for winning. We can play a hell of a lot better, I hope, and um, keep learning, keep getting better offensively, um, it's a resilient bunch, you know. Uh, they, they believe in each other, and uh, that was obvious in the fourth quarter. Both sides picking each other up and making plays to win a game instead of making plays to lose a game.
3: Join us for the Cowboys
0: at the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. Remember to listen to Westwood One's coverage of the NFL all season long. Right here on The Big Talker, 1700 KBGG.
1: I'm not much of a dancer. Never have been. Not at weddings, not at concerts, not even when my favorite song is on the radio. But there's something about seeing exactly what I ordered arrive at my facility's door the day after I ordered it. That gets my foot a tapping. That's why I love Granger. With 99% of in-stock items shipping the same day they're ordered, they get us what we need when we need it. Which means we keep moving and I keep grooving. Call clickgranger.com or stop by Granger.
0: Tonight, the wait is over. Four-time Emmy winner for Outstanding Competition Series, The Voice, is back. With superstar coaches Adam, Blake, and Miley. Go, it's on. Plus,
4: new coach, Grammy and Academy Award winner, Jennifer Hudson.
3: All I gotta say is glory.
1: Oh, man, we got no chance.
0: (laughs) America's favorite singing competition, The Voice, returns tonight. Followed by the premiere of The Brave on NBC. 1700 KBGG is the big talker in Des Moines with Dave Ramsey talking about your money and your life. You can do this. You know, that really is a message. Whether you've got $270,000 in student loan
3: debt or $27,000, whether you've got a $50,000 income or a $500,000 income.
0: Dave Ramsey, weekdays 9 till noon, sponsored by Mediacom Careers. Count it down. 3, 2, (laughs) 1. You found your home for real sports talk, for real sports fans. 1700 KBGG.
1: Welcome back, everybody. We continue to roll right here on the Big Talker 1700, Jimmy B and TC. And uh, if you want to get on the show, it's 264-1700. That's 264-1700. Yeah, Yeah, buddy. Zubmahente. Yeah, I'm just gonna say Zubmahente coming up uh, around 5:15. What do you got, kid?
2: We got Jeff on the line with us at 264 1700. He's got some thoughts on the Hawk game. Take it away, Jeff.
3: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, as a longtime season ticket holder, I was at the game obviously Saturday night, but I don't remember an atmosphere like it was Saturday night at Kinnick. I just it was such an electric atmosphere, and it's been. A- I just don't ever remember when that had, was as loud as that for the whole game like it was. You know, the game ended, and, yeah, sure, I was frustrated at the loss, but yet part of me was also excited for the rest of the season because the potential of this team is just – I think it, there's good potential out there. It could still be a great season. You know, the defense plays like they are, and Nathan Stanley's only going to get better. So mm-hmm. I think the potential's there to have a, a really good season. Um we're heading up to Michigan State this weekend to follow the Hawks, and we're real excited about going to see them playing on the field again.
2: Yeah, Jeff, uh, good luck out there at East Lansing. I've uh, I made that trek uh, out there before, and uh, that fan base is a little different, Jimmy B. But, uh, you know, Jeff, he brings up a really good point. That environment, mm-hmm. Jim, was as good yeah. as you're going to find at Kinnick Stadium. And I've been to every night game outside of the Miami game uh, way back in 1992. I wasn't able to make it to that one, but I've been to every other one. I think it had something to do with the weather. It was hyped. I mean, that, that thing was loud throughout. The fan base was into it. It was as good as you're going to find, Jim.
1: Well, look, it's uh, it, that's the way it should be. And that's the that's the great atmosphere of big-time collegiate sports. And from that standpoint, the game lived up to the hype. And from that aspect... Saquon Barkley lived up to the hype. So with with that, I think maybe that's why no one could let go of that game Trent. I mean, you rarely probably sat on your hands for more than just a couple of plays. Maybe if Iowa went three and out and had to punt, then you kind of uh took a quick little break during the commercial timeout. But the rest of the time, you were dialed in. Is that fair?
2: Well, and it just had the feeling, and and I was uh, yeah. Talking to some Penn State people during halftime, and uh, we were talking about the game, and I, I was mentioning just how ridiculous Barkley is, and you know they—they're not big McSorley guys. They know that he has his own set of limitations. What he does, he's not an elite level quarterback. He's good for their system, right. but he's not yep. elite. And you know Iowa kind of did that. If McSorley's got to make some plays down the field, and well, we know that final drive that he did. But you know, I told him, I said, "We got you just where we want you because." you let Iowa hang around. They dominated the first half of the game. And I know a lot of people are making you know, the equation to the Michigan game from a year ago. And there are a lot of similarities to that game a season ago. It just ended, obviously, going the opposite direction. But it reminded me a lot of the Penn State game back in 2008 where the first half of that game, you know, Penn State just physically manhandled Iowa. And Iowa was lucky to even be in the football game. And it felt that same way at halftime. And Iowa, in this one, had the lead at 7-5. to It felt like Iowa was lucky to be in that spot, but there's just something about that environment. There's something about Kinnick Stadium at night where if you let the Hawkeyes hang around just for a little bit, some funny things happen, and it had that kind of feeling that it was just going to work out once again. And after the touchdown by Wadley, you know, you mentioned "Ah, too much time left on the clock. I never had that thought because inside the stadium, it had the feeling of somehow, some way. I was going to do one of these crazy things at night again, give it up almost 600 yards. They're going to find a way to do it again. Alas, that wasn't the case.
1: Mm -hmm. You're right about that. But, man, oh, man, the atmosphere was absolutely tremendous. And it came through on television as well, Trent. And from that aspect, I think maybe that's why so many people that had to watch the game on TV were so I guess involved as well and not getting up to go get a sandwich uh, when Iowa had the football, something like that. Because where I was, the place was an absolute zoo and people were dialed into that game just as if they would have had the opportunity to be seated in the stands at the stadium. It was that sort of atmosphere where I was too. I, it, it was, it was fun. Uh, It's too bad if you're a Hawk fan that they ended up losing, but on the other hand, it was a a reality spectacle that you only get uh, in big-time sports, and that was a big-time sporting event Saturday night.
2: So I mentioned at the top the struggles, especially the interior of the offensive line. I thought there was a lot of issues up front there. And they're going up against a right. Penn state team that, you know, they have four-star kids up and down that roster. You know, they're, they're at the very least talented up there. But with the passing game at least being effective now compared to what we saw a year ago and really even two years ago, you know, you look at their two big wins two years ago. C.J. Beathard didn't throw for 100 yards against Wisconsin or Nebraska in those two victories, and they have some semblance now of a passing game. Are you a little bit surprised that the run game isn't working as well, or is it still, hey, until Nate Stanley, I mean, he's beating people right now. He's throwing 12 touchdowns against one interception through this point. Nobody had that. He's, He's on pace to throw for more touchdowns than anybody in a single season in Iowa football has ever done before. But even with that, are you surprised that the run game hasn't worked at least a little bit more effectively than what we've seen.
1: I I am. I kind of thought that uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be a Barkley Wadley duel and uh, that duel never really took place because <laughs> it was it was Barkley all the time. Um I I just I wish that I had a a remedy if if it's the run blocking, if it's the scheme that they're running all of a sudden or if it's like what you said about Penn State's defense, that they were so dialed in that even if a small crease became available, it closed so quickly mm-hmm. that Iowa's running attack never really got going. I mean, they broke a play here and there, sure, but there there, there was no consistency to it at all. And I'm going to give credit to Penn State's defense.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot there. Well, we'll take the time out when we come back. We'll kick off the 5 o'clock hour, not just on the Hawkeye talk. We'll get into the NFL. What a wild day in the NFL. We'll get into that on the other side, and then we turn our attention to Iowa State this week as the Cyclones, they got a big one on tap as they get ready for the Longhorns to come to town in an early week with the Thursday game up at Jack Trice Stadium. That's all still to come here as we roll through Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG.
0: News, talk, sports, yeah, we got all that online at 1700kbgg.com.
4: Sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. To relieve muscle cramps in your legs and feet, reach for TheraWorks Relief. This fast-acting foam can even prevent muscle cramps. Get TheraWorks Relief today at theraworksrelief.com. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Semen and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life.
1: If your basement leaks or floods, or if you have mold, mildew, or a musty smell, call Midwest Basement Systems today to request a free basement waterproofing estimate. As Iowa's premier basement waterproofing and foundation repair contractor, Midwest Basement Systems will send one of their certified basement waterproofing specialists to visit your home and conduct a thorough inspection of your basement's foundation.
2: Dr. Sean Murphy. ABC Tonight. He's an extraordinary young man. He has genius level skills. Meet the doctor whose greatest challenge, yes, he has autism, is his greatest strength. He sees things in ways that we can't even begin to understand.
0: From the creator of
2: House. <sighs> He's breathing. He saved his life. The Good
0: Doctor premieres after Dancing with the Stars. Don't miss it tonight at 9, followed by Local 5 News at 10. Then tomorrow, wake up with Good Morning Iowa's Elias Johnson and Sabrina Ahmed.
1: Every morning on Local 5, Sabrina and I share the stories that are important to Iowans.
5: And being from Iowa, Elias and I know what impacts you. We went to school here.
2: Our families are growing up here. And we're
5: proud to call Iowa home.
2: We invite you to wake up to Local 5's Good Morning
5: Iowa. Weekdays at 5, because we We are are Iowa.
1: Iowa. We alarm our houses and we alarm our cars. But when it comes to your personal information, it can be tough to know when something isn't right.
4: That's where Discover Card can help. Now, we'll send you an alert if we find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. And this
1: service is free for card members. Just sign up online. It's our way of looking out for you, not just your account. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply.